Okay, this next episode is going to be on resource guarding part two. So the previous episode was on resource guarding and quick, quick review on that. I talked about resource guarding being a natural behavior, very, very natural. It has to do with what the dog considers valuable. And the guarding part deals with behaviors that are meant to keep the competition away. And I also talked about this being, on top of it being a natural natural behavior, it is also relationship oriented. Or it can be relationship oriented. So to get more details on that episode, on those concepts that I talked about, refer back to the previous episode, which is the third episode of this uh, of this show. What I wanted to do in this episode is expand on that a little bit more. So I wanted to add more onto it that I didn't get to talk about in the first episode in the I'm sorry in the previous episode and the reason for that is if you've been listening to this podcast so far you're noticing that I'm keeping the episodes very very short nothing more than like 30 minutes I think the previous episode I believe was like 32 minutes but I want to keep it under half an hour if at all possible I just want to keep it short to the point and I want it to be very easy to listen to. I want it to fit in most people's commute. I, you know, one of the reasons that I don't listen to podcasts for the most part is because they're so freaking long in general. I mean, yeah, the 45 minute, the one hour ones are easier to listen to, but the ones that drag into like, you know, hour and a half two hours those are a little bit difficult to listen to even if it's a very engaging topic anything more than that just becomes a little bit it just it's just homework but anyway so i want to take a take away from that and go right back to the topic at hand because that's the point of this program so resource guarding part two there are some things that i didn't get to talk about in the previous episode in regards to resource guarding meaning the number of things, the resource, the number of things that the dog can find valuable can be quite infinite. I've seen dogs resource guard water bowls. I've seen dogs resource guard empty bowls. Uh, So empty water bowls, empty food bowls. I've seen them guard toys. That's a very common one too. Bones, that super common one. I've seen dogs guard trash. I've seen dogs guard beds, so socially significant areas. That's what that falls under. So their beds, their crates, your couch, your bed. These are socially significant areas. That's what they fall under the category of. So if your dog resource guards a couch or the part of, a part of the couch, their crate, a bed, your bed, a room, this is considered resource guarding under the category of a socially significant area. So this means the dog finds those areas valuable and they can resource guard those things as well. Uh, I've seen dogs resource guard people. That's more common than people 
than people realize. And the reason that it's more common than people realize is because when a dog resource guards their owner, it's very hard not to chuck it up to just reactivity. It's very hard to not just chuck it up to another form of aggression. So when you have your dog that resource guards you, and not in a good way, like not in a, oh, my dog loves me, so he's jealous, right? But more in a way of your dog has made you his bitch. Like your dog resource guards the owner, not in the sense of, oh, I find my owner valuable, so I want to keep him all to myself, but more in the way of this person is my property and nothing and no one gets close to my property without my permission. So then the owner becomes nothing more than just property. And that's not flattering at all. But it's hard to recognize that when the dog is resource guarding the owner because it just looks like reactivity. It just looks like, the, oh, the dog's just being reactive. The dog's just being aggressive. And it takes a certain type of procedure to determine whether it's just reactivity or whether the dog is actually resource guarding you. And I'm going to be I'm going to be talking about that. So, I'll I'll mention and I'll give you some tips as to how you can determine whether that's the case with you or whether that's the case with the client that you're working with. But going back to the number of things the dog can find a resource as a resource. I mean, it could be a uh, piece of trash, it could be a, a an empty food bowl, it could be a toy, it could be a couch, it could be the owner. And the funny thing is, you know, when you think of the different things that a dog can resource guard and you lump the owner in the same category as trash, the couch, the toy, the empty food bowl, then it's really not flattering at all. Um, and I've seen dogs it's very interesting how dogs can uh, can resource guard things in different ways, in different manners. I have seen dogs do this, and you, you might have seen this. Depending on your level of experience, you might have seen this as well. I've seen dogs lay traps for other dogs. I'm dead serious. I, I've seen this, and if you've been working with dogs long enough, I know you've seen it too. What they do is they grab a toy or something they consider valuable. They'll put it in a, in a particular spot. They'll leave it. They're not even interacting with it. They'll walk away from it. And they'll go lay down. They'll go do something else. And if a dog gets near that toy, even though they're not interacting with it, they'll immediately rush over, guard it, push the other dog away, and then go back to laying down. They're not even interacting with it. So it makes sense when when you look at resource guarding and the dog is guarding food or a, or a bone. That makes perfect sense. That's a very natural behavior. It's it's very um, very important to the survival of of any species because it makes sense. It's it's it's, uh, it's meant to be. But when it gets to the point where the dog is guarding something that they're not even partaking of and they go well I don't want it but you can't have it 
that also becomes interesting. And I've seen dogs do this. Again, you might have seen this as well. You, uh, maybe you haven't, or maybe you have seen it but didn't quite recognize it. But dogs can do this, and this would be considered resource guarding too. They find that thing valuable. It's not important to them at the moment, but it's still valuable. And because it holds a significant value, they don't want certain other dogs to have it. So then this is also now considered resource guarding. They're actively pushing the other dog away. They're guarding it. So now why would a dog turn something that is very important to survival, very, um, you know, very biologically necessary such as resource guarding because it, it is necessary for the survival of the 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 individual and the um and, and to preserve the uh you know the species so it makes sense certain behaviors that you see animals display you look at it and you go wow why would the animal do that well it does it from a if you look at it from a very biological perspective, a lot of the things animals do, it is for either the benefit of the individual or the benefit of the species. Uh, this is when drives come into play. So resource guarding is just one of those. This is, again, why I recommend that you listen to the previous episode if you haven't already. But, um, you know, why would a dog do something... Uh, take something so biologically fundamental and necessary and then take it to, you know, they're guarding a piece of trash or they're guarding a toy that they have no interest in even partaking of. Well, you look at it and you go, it is still resource guarding, right? And a lot of times why the dogs do this is because there is some, um, some phenomena that a lot of people don't agree with. A lot of people you know they hear this and they call they they think it's a bad word and that is called dominance by default right this is a term that means and i know the word dominance triggers a lot of emotions from for different people right for different people have very strong emotions about that word when they don't understand what it is i will certainly make an episode on dominance at a later time but to sum up quickly what dominance by default is, it's when there is very little structure, very little, um, very little um, concept of boundaries with your pet. Now, you have an animal in your household, and if there is very little structure, meaning there is no consistency in, in the rules. There's no consistency in the relationship. And I'm not talking about you dominating your dog. I'm not talking about you stepping on your dog's neck or, you know, looking at your dog like this just crappy being that, you know, that gets treated like crap. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about having a consistent relationship with your dog where things mean a certain thing every single time right when you don't have that this can be confusing for the dog and it could make it so that the dog then makes certain rules or uh, creates certain boundaries with the owner 
and imposes those boundaries on the owner. And they do this by letting the owner know, hey, don't touch me. Or, uh, hey, you know what, that, you can't grab my bone, that's my bone. So I'm imposing a boundary on you. Right? There isn't any real clear set of, uh, a, a, real, a, a real clear structure here. So now I have to kind of make my own because it just makes sense to me. And so when you don't have a whole lot of structure, and the word structure is another word that sometimes stirs some, some emotions into the equation because when you think of structure, a lot of people, when they think of structure, they automatically think of a militant, you know, like boot camp style lifestyle. And it doesn't have to be like that. All structure means it's a certain set of boundaries, rules, and regulations that makes sense for the animal and that makes sense to you and they're predictable enough that make it easier to, to follow. When you don't have that, now there's a little bit of chaos. So dominance by default is a term that represents that chaos where now the dog starts imposing some boundaries on the owner. And some of those boundaries are, don't touch my things, right? And they can do that with the other dogs too. Especially if you have multiple dogs and now you have no structure with your dogs, with yourself, nothing. So now the dogs kind of create their own little, uh, you know, their own little set of boundaries that they impose on each other, that they impose on the owner, etc. And now you have a dog that will do these little things and you throw in, you mix in the fact that they're not mentally or physically stimulated on a you know on a consistent basis now you have a recipe for dogs to to behave in a way that is not desirable it doesn't mean the dog wants to dominate you it just means because there's a lack of structure they create their own structure and you just happen to be part of it and now going back to why do they resource guard owners sometimes i've seen dogs resource guard other dogs like hey you can't get close to my dog back off and they'll they'll act they'll display behaviors to keep the perceived competition away from that dog or away from the owner. This is when the dog acts quote unquote jealous. So how do I know if my dog is acting like that because it's reactive or because my dog is actually you know, my dog actually has some sort of resource guarding and I'm the the resource that is being guarded. Here's a very quick tip. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this. It just makes perfect sense. If your dog is normally okay with people, so let's say your dog resource guards you from other people. If your dog is normally okay with people, meaning your dog can get along fine with people in general, but when you're in the picture, your dog suddenly doesn't like people, this could be an indication that your dog is resource guarding you. And let me repeat that again. This could be an indication that your dog is resource guarding you. This doesn't mean that that is the case. Okay, I'm not attempting to diagnose behaviors that from a dog that I don't even know. This is a very hypothetical scenario based on the experience that I've had with previous dogs with previous clients. 
So if the dog is normally okay with people, but when you're in the picture, suddenly it doesn't like people, or it doesn't like it when people approach you, your dog is not protecting you, okay? Your dog is definitely not protecting you. This is another thing people go, he's just being protective. If your dog, if you're not in actual danger, and there is no perception of danger from you, your dog is not protecting you. Okay, your dog is not protecting you from somebody asking you what time it is. Your dog is not protecting you from somebody walking in your direction but not at you. Your dog could simply be resource guarding you. Protecting, protection by itself and your dog protecting you, that is never a problem. If your dog is protecting you and that becomes a problem, trust me, your dog is not protecting you. There is something else taking place. But anyways, I don't want to I don't want to digress too much. I want to get back to the main topic here. If you notice, if you go, well, I don't know if my dog being aggressive or is it guarding me? If your dog normally in general is okay with people, but it's suddenly not okay with people when you're there, when you're holding the leash, this could be an indication that your dog is resource guarding you. If your dog acts jealous, meaning somebody comes talk to you and then your dog rushes just rushes right over to you and pushes the other person away, this might not be your dog protecting you. This might be your dog resource guarding you. Okay, similar scenario to the dog having the toy out in the in the you know center of the room. A dog walks by and then the dog rushes that dog away, even though they're not partaking of that toy, they're not playing with that toy. It's the same thing could be happening with you. Only the only difference is you're the toy, right? You are the property that is being guarded. This could happen also if the dog is resource guarding you from dogs. They don't always just resource guard you from everything. Sometimes it's, hey, um, dogs, I'm okay if dogs come to you, but I'm not okay if people come to you. That's still resource guarding. It could potentially be resource guarding. Sometimes it's not people. Sometimes the dog's like, yeah, I don't really care if people come to you, but other dogs can be saying hi to you. And then they'll act, quote-unquote, jealous when other dogs interact with you. And again, how do I know if my dog is resource guarding me from other dogs or if my dog just doesn't like dogs and my dog is just least reactive or if my dog just has dog aggression? Well, put it this way. Does your dog, is your dog generally okay with other dogs in different contexts? If the answer is, yeah, my dog is normally okay with other dogs, unless I'm there, okay, this again could be, could be an indication that you are being resource guarded. And very quickly, I'm going to summarize a, um, a story that really, you know, really, really uh, solidified this whole thing and how resource guarding people can be tricky to diagnose. Um, I had this person that I knew who came to the school that I train at that shall not be named. <laughs> and, uh, and this person came to the school. She didn't want to be a dog trainer. She just wanted to work on her dog. And her dog had developed dog aggression. So she went to this big, big time trainer up in New England, New York, I think. Um, I mean, this is a big name. This is a big name in the industry. I'm not going to say his name out of respect for him. 
uh, and I don't want to stir any shit either. But if I said his name, a good chunk of people would know exactly who he is. Okay, that's how big of a reputation this guy has. And I'm not saying this, you know, to pat myself on the back and say how I'm better than he is. This is not my intention at all. This is actually to point out how easy it is to misdiagnose something that can be tricky to diagnose. So if this lady went to, to this person, um, big name, so she spent a good amount of time with him. And what happened was he addressed the problem as though it was a dog aggression problem. And the dog never really improved. The behavior was still there. So she then came to us for her to learn. It's a school for dog trainers. So for her to learn how to address this. And so she was like, I, I can't figure out. You know, I went to this guy. I spent a lot of money. He's, you know, he's a good friend too. He's a huge name. I'm like, yeah, he's definitely a big name. And, and I don't understand why my dog still has dog aggression. And then we did this little test, especially when she told us, you know, he used to be good with dogs. This kind of gave me a little bit of a hint. And then I was like, okay, tell me what your relationship is like with your dog. Tell me what the structure is like at home. So she told me that. And then I was like, okay, I want to do something else. I want to see how your dog interacts with other dogs when you're not in the picture. So we did that. We arranged for that. Dog was in the, in the play yard. We put another dog near, near the play yard outside of the fence. The dog was fine. She was not in the picture. Then we put, I believe we put a dog in there too with him. Dog was fine with that dog. She was not in the picture. And then we had her come in, and suddenly the dog just spiked up. So suddenly it was like, no, I don't like this dog anymore. F you, uh, don't get near my person. And then we're like, okay, now leave. She left. The dog went back to being like, oh, everything's fine. Because here's the thing with resource guarding. This is very important to know. The, the, the key thing about resource guarding is the moment you remove the resource, the guarding stops. That's why it's resource guarding. So if a dog acts food aggressive and you know suddenly it wants to bite you and wants to bite the other dogs, the second I remove the food bowl, this dog should be fine with the other dogs. And it's fine. And a lot of times it is. Because a resource guarding problem is not a dog aggression problem. A resource guarding problem just means if there is food in front of me, and you are potentially a, a competition, I'm going to do every behavior I can to push you away from my resource. But the second that resource is gone, hey, there's, you're not competition anymore because the resource is gone, so we're cool now. Okay, so the thing about resource guarding is the second you remove the resource, the guarding should stop unless the dog just doesn't like dogs or people. So um, that was the same thing that, uh, that we did. You know, it's the same thing that we did with this person was we removed the resource, a.k.a. the handler, the owner. Problem was gone. We added the resource. Suddenly there was a problem. So then I, we talked to her and we're like, okay, here's what is happening. 
the reason that this guy cannot help you is because he treated it as a dog aggression problem. Your dog doesn't have a dog aggression problem. So all the efforts that he put into it, it was like it was like giving you Pepto-Bismol for a cold. Okay? If I misdiagnose your problem, I'm going to treat it for the wrong problem and the real problem will not go away. So that's what happened with this guy. He misdiagnosed it because at quick glance, it does look like dog aggression. At quick glance, you have your dog with you and if it happens to be guarding you, it just looks like your dog, your dog just doesn't like other dogs or doesn't like people. It's not until you troubleshoot a little bit and realize, no, he's actually okay with people. He's actually generally okay with dogs. It's when I'm in the picture that he doesn't like other dogs. This is a strong indication that the dog is potentially resource guarding you. And now we talked about this. I told her, hey, this is what's happening. Tell me, about, tell me more about your structure. And everything she told me indicated that there was not clear, consistent structure, that there wasn't a clear, uh, consistent, predictable relationship. And she was like so puzzled. She's like, okay, that makes sense, but, but how do I fix that? And this is what I told her. Here's what's happening. Your dog sees you as his person. Like, okay, what's wrong with that? Plenty. Okay, you need to look at your dog, the relationship you have with your dog, and go, hey, hey, buddy, listen, you know, I am not your person. You are my dog. Okay, that very slight change in the way we say it can be a huge paradigm shift. I mean, that could be a huge game changer. Suddenly we go from, I'm your property to nobody. No, 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 no. I'm not your property. You are mine. I'm not your property. You are mine. Okay? So um, she was like, okay, what does that mean? Simple. When you say something, you have to mean it. You have to have very predictable set of boundaries. You have to treat your dog like a dog. Okay, that, that can be a very inflammatory thing to say if you don't know what I'm talking about. If you are very, very fuzzy and touchy-feely about your dog, that, that's going to be a very inflammatory sentence. But your dog is a dog. Okay, and if you start treating your dog like a person, it will start treating you like a dog. So we talked about that. I gave her some homework and I'm telling you, she did that. She stuck to it and the problem went away because the second there was clarification in that relationship, the moment that dog realized, oh crap, she's not my property. She's more than that. There, there is actually a, a more of a relationship here, which again goes back to the previous episode I talked about, right? That this is a relationship thing problem completely went away and she followed up with me years later and she was like hey you know uh, it, we've been doing it and, and it's been great and it makes perfect sense and we haven't had any problems since so um, you know it really solidified what I already knew 
And it really made me realize, man, just a little bit of mi misdiagnosing a problem, doesn't matter how, you know, how well you treat the problem. If you're treating the wrong problem, you're not going to fix it, okay? Because you're treating the wrong problem. I can't give you um, NyQuil if you have diarrhea and go, hey, you have a cold, take this NyQuil. And then you know, your cold go, will go away. Well, if you have diarrhea, that's not going to take care of it. I need to diagnose it properly and give you the right medication for what you need. I'm not a doctor. I'm not, I'm not a pharma, pharmacist or anything. I'm just making an analogy that to me makes sense. Um, so in dog training, this analogy of dog aggression versus resource guarding, to me, that's, a, that's, a, that's an analogy to me that makes sense, and I understand it. So I try to use something that is super simple to try to correlate it to that so that it makes sense to people that are not as familiar with dog training terminology as I am. So that's what happens, guys. That's what happens, and this is why it's very important to understand that. So uh, I'm going to wrap it up here, Now I'm going to uh, just quick review on what I talked about, okay? Dogs can resource guard a bunch of things. It's not just food. It's not just bones. It could be toys. It could be trash. It could be socially significant areas. It could be you. It could be another dog. And if it is you and you're not sure because, you know, your dog might just look like it has dog aggression, and you go, why does my dog act aggressive? But then when I'm there, you know, but when I'm not there, he's fine. It could be an indication of resource guarding. Okay, now there is more homework and more research that you have to do, uh, more investigating, more li looking into it, but it could be an indication of resource guarding. I'm not saying it is, but it could be. If you're not sure, please get together with a dog trainer that has experience that can help you out and get their feedback as well. I don't want this to be your diagnosis on your dog. You need to do the extra homework on this. And that's it.